You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. I, uh, I brought my baggage with me today, just like everybody else, and I thought I'd put it on stage for everybody to see. Can everyone see my baggage? This is my baggage. We got this years ago, Amanda and I. Uh, we went away um, on our honeymoon, and we thought we'd spray our name on it, because at the time there was a special on these suitcases, and so when they'd come out, the luggage thing, everyone's like, oh, and they grab, and then they're like, this is not mine. And you, that awkward conversation with everybody when they're holding your luggage. Even worse when you take it home and find out none of the clothes fit. It's even worse. I've been asked to speak on decisions today. And this is such a big topic. Like, uh, it's huge. We, we all make decisions, don't we? Yeah. And I was like, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to say about this? And I could tell you how to make decisions. When you look up on the internet, you Google it and say decisions. Here's 10 ways to make decisions. Here's what decisions you need to be making. All of that. But it's really hard to find why we make decisions. You really have to dig a lot deeper to find out why. And I was praying about this and and God really wants me to tackle it from that point of view today. From why, Why are we making decisions the way we do? Why do we make decisions the way we do? Because we all make decisions. We all do. And it's not as if there is no one here that hasn't made a decision today. It's true, isn't it? We've all made decisions today. Do you know when I was praying about this, I said, Lord, what what can I do that's simple, that I can understand, that I can share uh, to to the church uh, in the morning uh, about this? And he said, baggage. He said, baggage. And I said, okay. And, and it really stuck with me, this, this thought of, of baggage. Have you ever heard that term when you're talking with someone? Not when you're gossiping, but when you were gossiping with someone and you say, <laughs> man, that person's got baggage. Have you heard that before? Yeah, you're not gossiping. You're just painting the reality, aren't you? Oh, that person's got baggage, so I'll avoid them. And the whole time you're carrying twice as much baggage as them, you know, like the plank in your eye, like that. And, and I want to talk about baggage today. And there's a lot of baggage in the, in the hallway as well from camp, isn't there? Yeah. Did you guys pack your own bags today for camp? Are you sure? Yeah. You did? Okay. Did you fill it with all the stuff that you need or with all the stuff that you want? Need, need and want. I'd go to camp and I'd take like 15 bags of chocolate Freddos <laughs> and no undies. <laughs> and you're like, camp was awesome. It was awesome. No one wanted to sit near me. No one wanted to talk to me. I don't know why, but camp was awesome because I now have this huge stomachache that I'm going to throw up and be sick when I get home. Mum can deal with that because mum's awesome. Who packed full of chocolate? Anyway, no one's going to admit it. Oh, Em did. That's all right. Em is bold enough to say it. Yeah. Do you know, you pack your own bags, don't you? You pack your own bags when you go away. And, and I want to talk about that today. I, I want to talk about this. Because of this person here, when you think going overseas and you're thinking, I'm going to pack my bags before I go overseas, 
I bet that this person comes through your mind. Does anybody know who this is? Mm. Who packed her bags? Who packed her bags? Do you know, when this story came out, this is Chappelle Corby. She got caught in Bali with a bodyboard bag full of marijuana. Right. I used to surf a lot and we'd go overseas and surf and I would always think, I'm not paying to take my surfboard overseas because it'll get damaged. So I'll just hire one over there for like 35 cents, right? <laughs> so why would I take a bodyboard bag with me overseas? I just wouldn't. And this is the thing, a bodyboard weighs probably about oh, maybe half a kilo to a kilo and there was a lot more marijuana in her bag than, than what the bodyboard would have weighed. Look, I'm not going to say she did it or not. I mean, it, it seems really, it's, it's hard to sort of come to it. We don't know, still don't know, all of that. But who packed her bag is, is the question. And this is what I love. Let's say she did, she put on a great show, all of that. Or let's say she didn't, it was really well stunned. But this is the point I want to make from this one person here. We find ourselves sometimes with our baggage and we're surprised at what's in it. I'm caught out. I've been caught out and I don't know why. What, what was in there? What was in that bag? I, I didn't put that in there. Have you heard the term triggered? I had someone the other day, I spilt something and a young adult, this is what young adults do, they film things. <laughs> and uh, they thought, oh, Matt spilt something. And so they filmed it and they're filming me and I'm cleaning it up and I look up and I'm like, you know... <laughs> all glorious and everything, looking really great while I'm cleaning up a mess I made and they're filming me. I said, what are you doing? So I'm just filming it like this. Anyway, I sat down, I'm annoyed. So I'm like, why are you doing that? And, uh, and then this person spilt something, so I got out my phone <laughs> and I'm filming him. I'm like, yeah, see? See what it's like? And I'm filming him and all this. And in my head, I'm like, triggered. It triggered me. It absolutely triggered me to do something. And I'm like, that anger is in my bag that I just used as a tool to deal with this choice that I had in front of me. We pack our own bags. And this is the thing. We, we pack all sorts of things into our bags, don't we? When you go away on camp, you pack chocolate, hopefully undies, all that sort of stuff. And you're thinking, how am I going to go away comfortably? How am I going to face these things? And so we pack our bags with all sorts of stuff. We carry what we know we'll need. I know I'm going to need that hairdryer when I go on camp. Caleb, you can relate, you know what I mean? We need that when we go on camp. We carry what we know works. This, this worked before when I yelled at that person. It's going to work again. It's going to work again. We carry what keeps us comfortable. I'm going to put up barriers in front of people, they're in my, my baggage. So when someone says something I don't like, where are the barriers? Get them out, put them up. There we go. Now I don't have to deal with that person and I'm comfortable. Just put that up there. We carry what we know we can control. It's in my bag. It's all there. It's all there ready for me. I, I don't need to worry about anything else outside of my bag. Do you know we pack what we think will keep us from experiencing what we fear? We pack in our bags, in our baggage, what we carry with us. We pack in there what we know will help us to avoid experiencing what we think we are going to come into contact with that will scare us, that will cause us to be uncomfortable, that will cause us to go, I don't know what to do right now. We do that. 
I hate packing to go away. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. We had to pack all day yesterday because we're going camping today. And I'm like, I don't want to think about everything. I don't want to. But then you find yourself, you don't think about some things, you go away and it costs you way more because you're like, I had to buy that when I went away. Who would have thought we needed water when we went away? <laughs> it's like, anyway, I'm, I'm not a packer. I don't, I don't pack like that. And so it just gets so frustrating. But what we need to know is that we are not expert packers. We're not. And this is the thing. Are, are you comfortable today? Do you feel comfortable? Well, this might make you feel uncomfortable. We, we all have baggage and none of us are actually expert packers. All of us are carrying something to some degree that when it comes up and when we pull it out of the luggage, other people are like, hey, that person's got baggage. All of us. None of us are free from it. We all, all have it. It's true. It's very true. And here's a scripture. I love this scripture. Matthew 25, 24 to 25. Now, before I read this part, this is the parable of the talents. It's a great scripture. Um, I know someone else is going to preach on it after me. I was chatting with Ash during the weekend. I said, what's your sermon on? He shared me a little bit. And I said, oh, we're doing the same scripture. I'll share it first. That way you'll know that Ash <laughs> got it from me during the week. Yeah, on that. Yep. I just saw you smile. I thought I'd better bring that up. But the, the, we, we know the story, we know the parable where the master gives our talents to three guys and to one, many, to another one, not so many, and to the, the last one, not much at all. And we know the story that the, the first one goes away and invests it, comes back with a bigger return. The second one, similar. And then the third one, what does he do? He buries it. He buries it and waits for the master to come home. And the master comes home and congratulates the first servant, the second servant. And then the third, third servant is, is here, where we pick up here, and it says this. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. He made a decision from his baggage. He made a decision from what he understood, his understanding. My master is a hard man, and if I get this wrong, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I need to dig into my bag of tricks. Where's my baggage? Oh, yep, I understand that he's a hard man. This is now how I'm going to make this decision, and there is going to be no fruit from this decision. The two other servants, do, do you think that they wouldn't have known that the master was hard? They totally would have known. What did they do differently? They made a decision in faith. They chose faith. They ignored the obvious. They ignored the baggage that they had, the things that they were carrying, the thoughts and understanding about their master and went, no, I need to make a decision in faith. You know, our baggage can determine how good the trip is. It's so true. It's so true. I did hear about a young man um, in this room today who went away, is so excited to go away camping, he packed his motorbike and that was it and didn't take any warm clothes with him and they were sleeping overnight. Did you take a bed, Luke? I can't remember if you took a bed. No, I can't remember. That's right. But we won't say his name. And so he went away and, and, and suffered. Was that a good trip? It was a great trip. <laughs> It's great, I'll enjoy this anyway. But it can determine how good the trip is. Let's, let's put that to, to life. 
what I've got in my baggage can determine how I interpret life, can't it? If I'm putting up barriers all the time, I'm like, where's this barrier? Man, I've got to put more barriers in here so I can put them up because everyone's annoying me and that person cut me off in traffic so I've got to put something up here. Oh, hang on, I've got a better thing in my bag for that. Someone who cut me off in traffic. Oh, yep. Yell at them, scream at them and get really mad and then no one will know in the car and you just look psychotic and crazy on your own. But that's the baggage I keep digging into to make decisions. What have you packed in your bag? What have you got in your baggage today? Don't bring it out right now. I don't want, it's not a, it's not a, oh, oh, yeah. No, we're not doing that today. What are you still packing in your bag? This is the thing that's frustrating. I, I find myself in situations sometimes and go, man, why do I do that again? I keep going back to my baggage to make a choice on this when I don't need to. Why am I still packing that? Do you remember years ago when we didn't have Krispy Kremes here? Do you remember that? And so you'd hop on a plane from Melbourne, come home, and there's like six people carrying like 25 boxes of Krispy Kremes. And they'd sit down. <laughs> I saw one time, it was the best. This guy had like 10 boxes, got in his seat, sat down, and the person in front of him reclined, and all his boxes just went <laughs> like this in front of him. And he's like, man, this was a trip for Krispy Kremes. And everyone in the family would have just like exiled him, said, nah, you're not doing that again. We can't trust you with those amazing Krispy Kremes. Anyway, let's change gears for a second here. All right, let's do this. How many decisions do you make in a day? How many do you make? 10? 20? 1,000? 35,000 is the common amount of decisions made in a day, according to some researchers. Now, it's disputable. There's, There's a lot of other thoughts. And we're talking subconscious, conscious decisions, deliberate decisions, all of that. Like me, before I got up on stage, I was thinking, I can't remember how to start my sermon. I had two decisions to make. One, run out the door, or two, come up on stage. It all happened in like half a second, and I came up on stage, so I think I made the the right decision today and keep my job. 35,000 decisions a day. I was chatting with a a teacher at school uh, a while ago, and he said, you know, Matt, we, we, we have to make so many decisions in a day. And it's not just decisions for ourselves. It's decisions for others, that people that come to you and go, I don't know what to do. And I, I don't know how to, and so you're making a decision. But then when they're saying something to you, you're trying to work out what's going on, whether they're telling you the truth about something or not with, with students. And it's like you're just constantly making decisions. And he said, and then I finish my day at work and I go home. And I see my wife, and my wife says, what do you want for dinner? And I go, oh, I don't know. And my wife just goes, what is going on here? Why is he acting absolutely crazy? And he said, you get to this point where you're just like, I can't make any more decisions. I've just made too many. And someone asks you, what would you like to drink? What would you like for dinner? And it's too much. Can anybody relate to that? It's a thing called decision fatigue. Can I point out some symptoms of decision fatigue? Repeated poor decisions. Irrational choices. Overwhelmed by new choices. Unable to make a decision. Decision paralysis. Can you relate to any of this? I can't. I get it right all the time. Yeah. See that? That was a good decision in front of everybody. Yeah. How... How interesting 
decision fatigue. What a what an amazing thing that is when you think about it for yourself and then go, oh, hang on. Because when you have to do something so much, it's hard to be creative every time you have to make a new decision, isn't it? And, and what our bodies are naturally wired up to do is to be efficient. Our, our minds are wired up to be efficient where they go, what's the best course that I don't have to think about this? You ever been driving a car and gone through three sets of lights and gone, was any of them red? Yeah. That's your brain going, efficiency. It's not thinking safety. <laughs> think of efficiency I'm going to get home I don't need to think about this I'll just keep driving but the problem with that is that when we become efficient we go what have I carried from the past that can help me to make a decision without having to think too hard about this and we go and pull out what we've got in our baggage it becomes the tool of efficiency for us to make decisions all right I want to do something something interesting but I want to share this with you. Have you ever thought about this? I saw this TEDx talk uh, a few years ago. It was really good. And this guy mentioned this, this three ways to make decisions. I was looking at something years ago and this came up. And uh, one of them was challenge the constraints. And so I thought about that. I thought, yeah, that, that's interesting. He told this incredible story. But I want to put it to you like this. Challenge the baggage. Not from how much can you put in there. But how much of what you've got in there is good? What is good? I need, I need two volunteers. Um, oh, Roxy, thanks for putting your hand up. Uh, if you want to come up the front. I told you I'd get you back for that. There's Roxy. Uh, and just another, another volunteer from over here. Yeah, come up on stage. Feel free. It's fine. It's much easier if you're up here in front of everybody. Is there anybody? No one wants to put their hand up. No one's making eye contact. Anyway, Glenn, would you like to come up? I know you would. You would. Yep. All right. I've got a, uh, an envelope here. It's not a thank you like Caleb did, but uh, I'll give you one of those. You grab that, and you grab that. Now, do you want to open that envelope? What's, uh, what's in the envelope? Five bucks. Five bucks. All right. What are you going to do with that five dollars? Put it in my purse. <laughs> okay. It's a bit boring. I thought I might have got a better answer than that. What are you going to do with it, Glenn? I'm going to give it to Roxy. Whoa. Gee, that's... Obviously, uh, Glyn's getting the concept of the message today, um, but he's challenging the constraints of the baggage there. It's just an example. Give him a hand. Thanks, guys. You can keep that. Oh, look at that. Made 10 bucks. That's yours, Roxy. Be blessed. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Do you remember the old Australian $5 notes? Did you know Pastor Kevin was on it? I didn't know that. That's Pastor Kevin. Where are you on a $5 note? That's insane. <laughs> I'm here every Tuesday. Try the steak. There you go. Um, no, five bucks. It's like, what's the decision you made <laughs> from that? <laughs> oh. Anyway, I was watching this, this, this show and this guy was talking about... Uh, a, a Stanford Uni lecturer, and he had his whole class, and he gave every uh, he split them into groups, and he gave them five bucks in each group, and he said, "Now I want you to make that five dollars more than five dollars." Right? So cool, great. How am I going to do this? Right? And so all these these groups they went off, 
And you're probably thinking, well, which, which group won and what did they do? Right? The group that won grabbed the presentation that the uni lecturer was sharing and sold that presentation to a company in town by saying, check out this, what we're doing at uni. And they thought, what a great concept. We could find out how people will make decisions from this. And they sold that concept. They didn't even use the $5. And they made the most money out of it. They didn't even ask, can we do this? They didn't do that. They just said, we're going to do it this way. Everybody else was like, okay, so we'll invest this money into this. If I buy um, some car washing stuff for $5, I can wash cars. And, and everybody thought with how they understood how to make that money more. But these group, this group that won thought, I'm going to challenge the constraints. I'm going to challenge my way of thinking with this and go, maybe this isn't just a simple, I'm going to make money by increasing this. I'm going to do something different. And I thought, what a great concept. That, that's, that's amazing. They won at this. It's fantastic because they thought outside of the constraints or outside of the baggage that they had. I love this passage. I always say that I love passages. It's the way you introduce scripture. I love this passage. <laughs> Genesis 18, 32 to 33. If you've ever read this passage, it's painful to read. It, it actually is. It's like, man... This is really difficult to read where we're going here, but the story goes that, that, that God is seeking to, des- to destroy Sodom and, and, and Gomorrah. Gomorrah, Gomorrah, Gomorrah. I couldn't say that. And, but Abraham knows that Lot is there, his family's there, and he's like, I don't want them to get destroyed. So Abraham has this conversation with God, and he starts off and he says, Lord, uh, if it pleases you, I have a question. If there are 50 people in, in Sodom, would you save it? And the Lord says, yes, if there are 50 people there and you think it's done. He goes, no, Lord, if there are 45 people there, would you save it? And he goes, like, oh, yes, if there's 45 people there. He says, oh, Lord, forgive me. If there's 40 people there, would you save it? And he says, yes. And I'm just thinking, when's God going to just hit him with lightning and go move on from this? And he's like, no, he doesn't. God keeps entertaining this with Abraham. He keeps discussing this with Abraham. And Abraham gets to this point here, the last part. And it says, Then he said, May the Lord not be angry because I have annoyed you so much. But let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found there? And the Lord answered, For the sake of ten I will not destroy it. And when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left for he had had enough. And Abraham returned home. Do you know what this passage is about? It's not about changing God's mind. It's not about that at all. That's in there, obviously. That that happens and God's like, okay, yeah, I'm working with you. We have a relationship. It's about Abraham challenging the constraints of his relationship with God. Do you know how Abraham saw himself to God? Who am I to talk to God? Who am I to say anything to God? Who am I? That's how Abraham saw himself. Who am I to say this to God? And he thought, my baggage is telling me that. My baggage is telling me I can't talk to him. I can't say it to him. I can't say this to God. But he thought, I'm going to push that baggage out the way and I'm going to do this. He made a decision in faith that God would talk back to him and talk to him, so reciprocate with him a relationship and a discussion. That is a huge test of faith, an incredible test of faith. So I want to ask you this today. What restrictions does your baggage give you? Where are you being restricted? 
It's great how the words are right up the top up there, isn't it? It's looking right at the lights. And this is, I, I'm, I'm a bit, I don't know the right, right words, but I could not shake this and say it in any other way. And so obviously God's telling me I have to say it this way. Um, and if this um, confronts you today, then that's great. And if this convicts you today, then that's great. And if this causes you to go, I need to do something about this today, then that's, that's great. Are you avoiding family, friends, work colleagues, or other people you know because of the hurt you were carrying in your baggage? That's like the worst question. Because we know the answer. It's like, yeah, I am. But this protects me. And it, and it stops me from getting more hurt. And it, and it stops me from experiencing things I don't want to experience. And, and this protects me. And so I'm going to keep holding on to this. Do you know, this is just full of bags. There's nothing really in here. There's no mallets or anything in it, but it's really heavy. If I preach the whole time carrying this, it'd get a pretty distracting and you'd miss the, the point. Like with our baggage, we think it, it protects us and we think I have understanding and, and that's going to help me to deal with these decisions I have to make, but it distracts us from experiencing what God really wants for us. God doesn't want division. He doesn't want that. He wants unity. He wants unity. He wants repair of relationship. So I'm going to ask that again. Are you avoiding family, friends, work colleagues or other people you know because of the hurt you are carrying in your baggage? We pack our own baggage. God doesn't pack this. He doesn't pack this. We choose to carry it. He doesn't make us carry it. First Timothy 1.7 says this. God did not give us a spirit of fear. He didn't put a spirit of fear in our baggage. He didn't put that in here and go, yep, that's what you need. He gave us love, peace, and a sound mind. Self-control in other scriptures, in other translations, sorry. How true. That's what we need to be packing in our baggage. When you're confronted with a decision and what you pull out doesn't represent love, peace, and a sound mind, it's baggage you need to stop carrying. It's baggage you need to get rid of. You need to be reminded that when you make a decision, if the fruit of that is anything but love and peace, it's baggage that you shouldn't be carrying, that I shouldn't be carrying, that we shouldn't be carrying. Can I get the band up here? I want to leave you with this. How does God make decisions? Have you ever thought about this? How does, how does God make decisions? You know, God knows everything, right? So does he really have to make any decisions? He, like if he knows everything, like if I knew everything, would that make it easier for me to make decisions? No, it wouldn't. I mean, I tell my kids I know everything, so they think, they think I know everything. But if I knew everything, does that make it? Like we can't comprehend that. We can't, we're, and we're not. We're not God. It, it's it's completely ununderstandable for us. Is we can't do that. But as as I read the scriptures and I, I watch how God makes decisions with us, it's always in faith. He always makes decisions in faith with us. 
Faith that you'll follow him. Faith that you'll do it. I love the communion message today. He could have brought 12 legions of angels. He could have done that. He could have done that. There's a great communion, uh, Steve. He could have done that, but his whole decision was in the faith that we would love him back after that. Do you know, my dream, my dream holiday is to not have to pack anything and to just buy a ticket, hop on a plane and go away. And whatever I need, I'll just rely that it will be there when I get there or I'll just buy it when I get there. This is my dream holiday. I don't have to carry baggage with me because I hate carrying baggage. I hate wheeling stuff around. You ever try to get a taxi overseas and you've got your baggage and you've got a backpack, your baggage, your passport, everything and you're like, you just look like you don't know how to use your legs because it keeps rolling over your feet and, and then you try and get in the back of the taxi and everyone's hooting. It's just pressure I don't want and yet I'm carrying that to keep myself comfortable and safe. It's a great picture. Why are we still carrying it? We need to make decisions in faith. Faith is how we make our decisions. When I'm faced with someone that hurts me and when I'm faced with something that I I don't understand, I need to have faith that God wants something to come from this. And so I make a decision like God would in that moment. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray and then the band will lead us in a song. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I thank you so much for your love, your, your mercy and your grace. I thank you that um, your love is completely unconditional for us. Lord, uh, you know that we carry things and you know that we, we hold on to things because we are human and, and, and we try to uh, understand things that, that we can't possibly understand, but we, we try and protect ourselves. But Lord, help us to trust in you and to be faithful in you, Lord, that you will guide us. Lord, as we make decisions, help us to make them in love and in peace and of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.